Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors 118-113 win against the Sacramento Kings. Riker, it was a tough battle all the way, but down the stretch the Raptors were able to pull it out and our, our starters really carried us in this game today. Ben, I was thinking three things mm-hmm. approaching the final two, three minutes of this game. One, wow, Norman Powell is really coming into his own. This guy is on an absolute tear, and he's he's looking like he's well worth the money that we paid him. He's looking like even he might be worth a contract extension, Ben, but that's a full other story. Him and Lowry, they they were unstoppable from, from the distance tonight, uh, beyond mm-hmm. three. That was impressive. Two was I, I feel like I choked on my words a little bit. Our most recent podcast, we had the argument for who should be the eighth man come playoff time. And I said, Matty T has to be the guy that's out there. But it was an unimpressive performance from all of our bench guys. But um, we, we can break that down a little bit. And then finally, Ben, we'll talk about this first. I was thinking, but this is before Pascal Siakam took over. I thought, wow, he needs to take over. <laughs> Simply put, yeah. he needs to do it. And uh, he went out yep. there and did it, Ben. Yeah, well, certainly there's a lot of things to talk about in this game today. The Sacramento Kings, they've been on a complete roll. They've been on a tear since the All-Star break. So it's a really, really solid win despite the record of the Sacramento Kings to, to get this W. They're fighting for the eighth seed in the Western Conference. But l- let's just start with, with the guys that really kept us in this game the whole way. I'll talk about Norman Powell first. I was actually looking at his stats on basketball reference. He's averaging like 20.1 points per game since uh, in all of 2020. I know he's missed some games due to injuries and all that sort of stuff, but he's been consistently just our flat-out scorer for the Toronto Raptors. Tonight, 31 points for Norman Powell, back-to-back 30-point games. Or, or, yeah, I believe so. I don't even remember if it was the last game or the game before. But 31 points, five five assists. He was passing really well. Got two steals. Six of 12 from the three-point line, Riker. 11 of 21 from the field. Norm, he, he slashes. He hits jumpers. He knocks down his open shots. I, I can't really ask of much more from Norman Powell the way he's been playing as of late. IQ, Ben. It's literally, it's IQ. You mm-hmm. see this guy. He's making the right decisions because we... We know from our entire time of watching Norm Powell as a Toronto Raptor basketball player, we know the athleticism that he's able to provide. We know he has solid jump shot mechanics. We know his speed, right? We, we know that he can do these things, but he has just now found his rhythm of when should I be out, you know, when should I, when should I be a slasher? When should I drive? When can I beat my man off the dribble and finish in the lane, right? His IQ has been unreal since coming back from injury, Ben. Most definitely, and it's the IQ plus the confidence, because Norm has always, when he's in a rhythm, when he's in sort of a groove, he's always been good at picking his spots, but when when shots aren't going down from Norm in the past, we, we've seen him go through slumps for, for months at a time, it seems like, especially in the 2017 season, 2018, but now, even tonight, there was a stretch where he missed like three or four straight jumpers, and he, he just knows when to slash, get his game going, and... The explosiveness, I've been saying it, living on Norm Island, he's got all the intangibles to be a top-tier scorer in this league, and he's really surpassing everyone's expectations this year. So shout out to Norm Powell, shout out to the consistency he's been bringing, but our leader, our, our guy that's been doing it for us for, it seems like, ever now, Kyle Lowry. 30 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds, 10 of 15 from the field, 6 of 10 from the 3-point line. He, he seemed to get us a bucket whenever we need it, 3 steals on top of it. Kyle Lowry, this season, he's gone back, and we, we've been talking about when Kyle Lowry is slashing and looking to get his uh, his offense going to by going to the rim rather than just chucking up threes when they aren't going down, 
he's just such a well-rounded point guard, such a well-rounded offensive presence. We, we know what he can do no matter when he's on the court. He'll always get the charges. He'll always be a leader and all that sort of stuff. But we're looking at a 2016-esque Kyle Lowry this season, the way he, he's getting his offense going and just really bringing it on both ends of the court. Well, Ben, tonight they were going down, his threes. It, mm-hmm. it seemed like every shot that he took, it was going down. But he was still attacking, relentless, and going up mm-hmm. against big guys. Rashawn Holmes, Alex Len, he was finishing contact layups tonight. And, Ben, what what impressed me the most about this game is, and because we're going to give a lot of credit now to Pascal Siakam down the stretch. Like I said, you, he took mm-hmm. over. He definitely did. All credit to him. But we were trailing a lot this game. We were going down. There was two stretches or maybe three stretches of four to five minutes, two separate times where the Raptors scored zero points. And we would go down. It would be a slump. And then Kyle Lowry would come out and hit two threes. Or he'd go in, drive in the lane. This is the Kyle Lowry that you want to bring into the playoffs, Ben, where he has this absurd confidence and he has a good mix of attacking, putting the pressure on the defense, and then also hitting the three, which he has the ability to do most of the time. Yep, and when he's slashing, his playmaking is even its even more elevated because he's getting in the rim, getting the lane, the defense collapses, and then he can kick it out to three-point shooters, and the threes were raining for the Toronto Raptors tonight, but you brought it up, Pascal Siakam. Looked like from the eye test he was struggling for most of this game. His his threes weren't really going in. It was one of those games where we've seen Pascal Siakam just struggle to get his game going. The Kings had a strong defensive scheme. I know they drew a couple charges on him on a spin move, so they were game planning for Pascal Siakam. And down the stretch of this one, we, we really needed someone to take over. Norm and Lowry, the defense was just completely focused on them. And then Pascal Siakam, I believe he scored our last nine points, it felt like, or and then Eight. Norm yep. had a couple free throws. Yep. And he, he slashed, he got a couple layups, he knocked down a nice step back three after fumbling the ball a little bit. But this is what we've been needing for Pascal Siakam to beat the top-tier teams in this league. And we need Pascal Siakam, whether his game is going or not, whether he's cooking like he was in Phoenix or he's struggling like he was against the the Warriors. We need him to be able to take the ball down the stretch, and we saw it the last couple possessions against the Warriors too, and be able to get us a bucket when it's crunch time, be able to take on one or two defenders and score to, to you know, turn a one-point game into a three-point game and yeah, I, down the stretch be reliable. And he, he did that tonight, which I'm really just happy to see. Yeah, and not by shooting threes. I, I'm, I'm a firm mm-hmm. believer he's taking too many threes, Ben, as of late. He's yeah. really settling, and because he's he gets into phases where he's hitting a lot of threes, so I think that's bringing up his confidence. But he, he needs to be an attack-first player. I, I think he needs to be that Giannis-type player most of the time when you have obvious mismatches, when you're faster than the, your, your defender, when you're quicker than him, you, you know, when your ball handling can get you to the rim, and that's what he did. He hit a crazy three, Ben, one of the one of the most contested threes <laughs> that he's probably made this entire season. But then he closed out the game by just going strong to the net and finishing some really some really solid layups, Ben. And that that's what we're gonna need come playoff time when, you know, we ha- we the team is not shooting as well from three, the defense clamps in. Pascal Siakam's gonna be able to get those looks if he's aggressive, beats his man and gets deep into the lane. He's gonna be able to get those layups. He just needs to have that uh, that attack for his mentality. Most definitely. It was great to see Siakam close it out. Our other two stars, OG and Nobi, 12 points. Had a stretch there where he was hitting some shots, got us out of one of those slumps that the Raptors were in. But 12 points, two rebounds, just some solid defense all around, 2-3 from the three-point line. Just a solid OG and Nobi game. And Serge Ibaka, 15 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Filled up the box score, 2 blocks. 
the the starters were really good in this game and tonight we we thought we might get an added boost from our bench as the the guy that really was a, our defensive anchor and our the guy that our offense really flowed through most of the beginning of the season a lot of last the end of last year Marcus All he came back tonight obviously after being out for a long extended period of time being being an older player it's going to take him a few games to get back in the swing of things but we we saw Sergi Baca with the start Marcus All coming off the bench. Riker, is this something we're going to see going forward? Uh, and especially, Ibaka's been really good at just getting us buckets consistently off the bench. And Gasol isn't really as much of a bucket getter as Ibaka, but does a lot of the other things. Do you like this dynamic with Serge starting and Gasol coming off the bench, or is this something that will get flipped back to normal going forward? I, I'd say we'll see Ibaka come off the bench when mm-hmm. when we when he starts when Gasol starts getting more comfortable. That's the hypothesis that I have because we haven't been great at rebounding lately and tonight was no different. We got out rebounded by mm-hmm. fifteen points and it was three point shooting that kept the Raptors alive here the, tonight and was really the only reason that they were able to win this game because they were able to stay close, stay close, um, keep weathering the storm got completely out rebounded so that's what I think is one of the most valuable pieces is because we you know we had that one game where Rondé Hall's Jefferson was our starting center and Ibaka's been playing really great but I think he is an asset coming off the bench more so than as a starter but we'll see because Nick Nurse loves to throw crazy mixes of different lineups so who knows yeah and Norman Powell's infusion of scoring when Fred Van Vliet comes back off the bench might uh, might aid in that so it's going to be interesting to see both you can't really go wrong with Serge Ibaka or Marcus Gasol obviously Gasol it's, it's going to take a while to get him back so we're not going to blame the bench woes or anything anything at all on Gasol but ben, just nice to see like, him back in the what do, you, what do you think Ben it's not really what once you play eight-man rotation starter bench it doesn't really mean anything because you're probably going to play equal minutes for yeah. bigs anyways, or you're just going to play the guy who's performing best against the matchup, right? Yeah, most definitely. So, And we've seen Serge and Gasol. They're veterans. They know their their role with this this team. They know they're valuable. They, they probably don't care where they're, they're coming off from. But we, we've talked about the eight-man rotation, and we, we I guess we could save the bench to the segments, but the there's one thing that we're looking at. We talked about McCaw, Davis, and uh, Matt Thomas, and we'll, we'll talk about them for, for one of the obvious segments, but Rondé Hollis-Jefferson came in, zero points. Really, he didn't take any shots, but he was dribbling a lot in the post, kicking it out, looked a bit chaotic out there on the court. One guy that's been our backup kind of power forward, so to speak, over the past couple games, uh, with our few games now with Marcus Gasol out, Chris Boucher, he's had a lot of strong performances, and I think has objectively played better than Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, especially since January, it feels like. And it, when Gasol, is, when we have that two-center lineup, it seems like Boucher is the one getting pushed out. Rondé only got six minutes of action tonight. Do you think we'll see more Boucher maybe over Rondé going forward? I'd, I'd, I'd kind of hope so, honestly, because mm-hmm. he is a more impactful player given he can shoot the three. I don't know how much how much he's really convincing the defense or the opponents of that yet, but he has shown in flashes that he has the ability to shoot, which is more of an asset than mm-hmm. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and his motor has been better as of late. So I, I was yep. surprised that. But if you look at the plus-minus here tonight, our bench, just all of them, they just sucked. They were flaming garbage, Ben, and that's the reason that they only played limited minutes, even Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas. They were getting scored on. The defense, it was sporadic. It's exactly what you said. Um, so I'm hoping that we're going to see, regardless if we're playing Chris Boucher or we're playing Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, I hope we see more of a spark come from the bench um, 
because I, I think the the amount of points that they scored was it almost it almost destroyed the the chance at a victory here tonight. Yeah, for sure. Well, we can talk about that more in the segments, but let, let's swing right into it tonight. The spicy P lay of the day. I know you have a one or two in mind, Riker. Just take it away. Ben, a lot of dunks. We started the game with mm-hmm. a nice Norma Powell dunk, and I, I, I can't remember who he beat. Um, but he had another one in the fourth quarter as well where he turned the corner. He got around his man. Another strong dunk in the lane. Norman Powell, he was just doing great tonight. And, uh, you know, like you said, you've been on the only guy in Norm Island for a long time, <laughs> but I think people people are probably joining you, right? You said they're, they're coming in flocks, and tonight, no different. Another fantastic showing from Norman Powell. I feel that the the docs are welcoming Raptor fans to join and stay on Norm Island. We we want people here rooting for this guy. Shout out Norm God. If you're having performances like that, you got to be getting the spicy pile of the day. But not all plays can be the spicy pile of the day, and some just make you say, "Oh, geez, Riker." And tonight, the OGs play of the day. Matt Thomas. He came into the game. The bench was struggling scoring the ball, and. If there's one thing we know Matt Thomas can do, it's score via the three-point shooting, uh, Mr. 99%. He's had a lot of phenomenal games. You've been super high on Matt Thomas. You've been on the Matt Thomas Island, but I think a lot of people are there. A lot of people want to see him get more minutes. But tonight, you know, he he struggles getting open at times, and you rarely see Matt Thomas get an open shot. He shot one and ended up getting blocked by Rashard Holmes. And that, that's not getting the OGs. But then the ball ended up coming back to him. I don't know if it was the same possession or a possession later where he was completely open in the corner. Mr. 99% on open three-point shots. Open in the corner, Riker. No one around him. No one around him. Let it fly. Popped in and out. But Matt Thomas can't be missing open threes. Whenever he misses a completely open corner three at that, definitely going to make me say, oh, geez, watching the game, Riker. Yeah, and that wasn't the reason that he didn't play a lot, Ben. His defense mm-hmm. just was not good tonight. Uh, I, I believe he had yeah. two fouls right away in back-to-back possessions. He They were going at him. Yeah, and he did a switch, and I think it was on to Harrison Barnes. And this is what made me swallow my words, Ben. And we, we when we when we posted the podcast... A lot of people, the majority of the comments, and maybe the listeners that didn't comment are on our team McCaw, but almost all of the comments said Patrick McCaw is unplayable in the playoff time, which is very contradictory to what your your argument was. Mm-hmm. People were agreeing with me. Matt Thomas should be the guy. But he switched on to Harrison Barnes and face guarded him for some reason, I don't know, but got on his hip, but behind. So then it was just an easy cut for Harrison Barnes. He just cut right into the middle of the lane. The help didn't realize they were there because you're not expecting somebody to get beat. It wasn't even a backdoor cut. It's literally just let his man, he got on his back, right? That to me is just the most boneheaded defensive possession that, I, that, I, that I've witnessed. And I said, yeah, you know, Ben, your, your point about at least, you know, Patrick McCaw does the intangible things. He, he knows how to defend. He knows how to play. I, 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 you probably do need that come playoff time, Ben. I was disappointed to have to agree with you there, but wasn't Matt Thomas's night, that's for sure. Most definitely. Well, we've already kind of segued into it tonight. The Damari Kill Gold Star Award. We've been talking about it now. It seems like the past five, six minutes. The, the bench. We we alluded to Rondé Hollis Jefferson a lot. Matt Thomas, but uh, really no one played well. We made, we made the video on the three guys: Matt Thomas, Terrence Davis, Patrick McCall. All of them really struggled tonight. Matt Thomas, we've been talking about, sort of has the highest, I think, potential to really explode in some games, maybe come playoff time. But the the questions about defense and the the other sorts of things on the offensive end are still there. We haven't really seen a great sample size of Matt Thomas, so tonight wasn't a 
wasn't a positive sort of node in the the Matt Thomas graph of games. So we'll we'll see if he can pick that up because he has shown flashes of being a good defender, a lot better than expected. So th- that's still an unknown there. We're not going to completely write him off because of one performance. Terrence Davis, we brought it up. We both kind of agreed. TD has been the best out of these guys seemingly this year, but he has a lot of ups and downs and inconsistencies. You don't really want those in the playoffs. That's why T. Ross, we saw him get benched a lot in the playoff time. When you're inconsistent, it's just really tough to to play during you know play you during the most important of games. Because if you're having a low and you end up losing two games because the your eighth man is struggling to even put in a layup or something, then then that's tough. So we're gonna need to see some more consistency from T. D. But the guy that I kind of said was most likely to get minutes in the playoffs. Not not necessarily the, the ideal bet, but I think is the most likely because he's been pretty consistent with what he can do throughout the year. Patrick McCaw, he's a solid defender. He knows how to play offense. He can pass. He can shoot it can, reliably consistent. But tonight, again, really just a neg- He had the worst plus minus for the game. Really, really wasn't defending at a really high level. Wasn't making good decisions. The, all three of those guys, Riker, tonight... It was just a tough watch for the bench unit. Ben, did you say a positive node in the Matt Thomas graph? Yeah, that sounds. I've been doing a very machine learning assignment <laughs> for for uh, the past twelve hours, so I'm. Uh... <laughs> Your computer science shone through, but it's true. It's true. I think the ben- the bench will turn around. Um, you know, there's mm-hmm. lots more of the Raptors to be seen. And to conclude this podcast, Ben, at least unless you have other things to mention. <laughs> Things in NBA land have been going really well for the Toronto Raptors lately. We've seen the Bucks now lose two games in a row, I believe. Uh, Giannis Mm -hmm. is going to be out for a game or two now. Boston's dropped two games in a row. Miami lost a game. Uh, Kawhi Leonard lost in the Western Conference against LeBron. Not a huge LeBron guy, but I just don't want to see Kawhi win. Uh, If you're a Pelicans fan, all the teams that they're competing to make the playoffs with, they're all losing. It's, you know, it's... The NBA scene, it's going well for the Toronto Raptors specifically. We're, we're getting closer to the number one seed, and we're, we're making that gap between the, the, the third. So it's looking good. Yeah, we really – the big thing, it'll be tough to catch the Bucks. and you brought up Giannis is going to be out for a little bit. Obviously, we want Giannis healthy. We're, we, you know, it would suck to have to play in the playoffs and not have Giannis there to watch. You want to beat them fair and square. But it you know, might catch some ground up on that with him being out with injury. But the, the Celtics are the team we really want to stay away from. Not not having to play the Sixers or the Pacers in the first round would be a, a huge plus for the Toronto Raptors. Playing the Nets or Magic, I think, would would be a nice nice warm-up to the big series in the second round, even though it's still the playoffs, so you have to take it seriously. But if we can create that gap between the Celtics, stay at that second, maybe potentially first seed, uh, that that's the ideal situation for the Raptors. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. Um, yeah, so it's looking good, and... The Raptors, they don't have the easiest schedule to finish off the season. I think we play the Bucks at least two more times, um, so we have a few mm-hmm. challenging games. So it's nice that, you know, on games that the Celtics maybe shouldn't lose, they're dropping, so at least we have a little bit of a buffer if we have a tough matchup that, that, we, that we don't win. Most definitely. But you guys are the best for making this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. As Riker said, lots of things going well in Raptors land right now. It looked a little bit sketchy there last week when we had that three-game losing streak, but back on track now. We're getting players back into the fold. Mark Saul's back in the lineup. Fred Van Vliet's supposed to be coming back soon. So, exciting times, Riker. Exciting times, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cheers.